Hi, I'm Coach Corey Wayne. This is my video coaching newsletter. And the topic of today's newsletter is going to be good women. Well, I've got an email. This is actually from a woman who's been following my work for several years now that she says. And she, she wrote in to describe her boyfriend who is a total alpha male. He's got his shit together. And what I really liked about it is she talks about how he showed up exactly what they did when they first met that set him apart. She's she's 35. She says her boyfriend's about 40. She's not sure whether or not he's familiar with my work, but she's read my book 10 times, really loves my videos. But this guy just naturally does the things that I talk about in my first book, How to Be a 3% Man, which obviously you can read if this is your first video you're watching of mine. You can actually go to my website, understandingrelationships.com, and read it for free by subscribing to the newsletter. So she goes through several things in her email and points out how her boyfriend of the last couple of years just totally matches up. And what I also liked is that when they first started dating, she started exhibiting some kind of flaky behavior, and he totally checked her on it. But and she said in her words, she said he was ruthless about how he checked her, but he was also kind. In other words, he let her know right away where the line was and she was starting to cross it. And if she was not going to change how she was showing up, then that was basically a deal breaker. But he did it in a way where he wasn't being a dick about it. He was just, I'll let her speak in her words, but I thought it was a great email because I also want to point out things is, is what, what you want to look for in a good woman. Because I've done a couple videos recently where I talk about some toxic women and some traits where guys don't get it. But this woman is displaying a lot of the qualities that I say you want to look for. And so I want to kind of point out some of those types of qualities. And you'll notice in her email she talks about the men in her family who raised her. So she already knew what she was looking for and had a – a good frame of reference because like I've talked about in other videos, women that grow up without a father or without a father figure doesn't have to be their particular biological father. Sometimes women have stepdads and sometimes women are raised by their grandfathers or their uncles. Bottom line is their knee in the household raising children. There's got to be a strong masculine presence and there's got to be a strong feminine presence because women that grow up without fathers or that had a bad relationship with their father, they, they doesn't mean in all cases, but typically if they haven't done a lot of work on themselves, it's like they never learn to trust men. And obviously, as, especially attractive women as they grow up and they become adults and obviously guys start hitting on them and doing it in ways that are creepy and go about it in a bad way because they never learned, they never saw an interaction between a man and a woman in a healthy way in their family, so they don't know what to look for. So obviously a lot of them tend to be jaded and pissed off at men, and they'll say things like, all men are the same, or they're all, this always happens, they're always like this. So it's important when you start dating a woman, like one of the first things, like when I meet women in person that I always ask is, I always want to know about their relationship with their father because that is going to tell you a lot. Now, it doesn't mean that every single woman that didn't have a father growing up or had a bad relationship hasn't done a ton of work on herself and figured it out. It's just in all likelihood, 
In other words, the majority of the cases, you're just you're going to run into difficulty because if you are dating a woman that had a bad or non-existent relationship with their father, they didn't learn to trust men. They don't know who to trust. And they've obviously had enough experiences in their life where they got involved with men who they trusted because they didn't know any better and they're trusting men they shouldn't have. And so they get burned, they get hurt, and then they start to form the perception that, hey, all guys are like this, all guys are fucking assholes. And it's really hard to date somebody that has that perception and isn't aware of the way it's supposed to be because they're fucking jaded. So you dating them, they're not reacting to you. They're reacting to their experiences or the way certain men have treated them in the past. And so it's like they're not, they're not dealing with you. It's like you're dealing with their, the ghosts of the men in her past. And like I said, if you're, if you're looking for a long-term relationship or you're, you want to settle down someday, because this is one of the things I, I see a ton of in my phone sessions with guys, especially when they're trying to get an ex back or they're in a relationship with a woman that's really difficult, is they ignore the fact of, you know, because one of the things I always ask them is like, well, t- what is her family history? Tell me a little bit about that. And 100% of the time, in thousands of phone sessions over the years, when they're having problems and the guy's doing pretty much most things right, but she's just hell on wheels and a pain in the ass to deal with, there's always a problem with a missing or father figure or dysfunctional family or bad relationships with the men and her family. And if somebody doesn't recognize they grew up in a screwed up environment and they're not willing to learn, they're not willing to do anything about it. It's just like dealing with people that have drugs or alcohol problems. It's like until they recognize that they have a problem, you can't reach them. You can't help them. And at the end of the day, you're looking for a teammate. You're looking for an equal. You're looking for somebody that's already on your level. If you're into working out and taking care of yourself and, and eating hell, like for me, I have to work out. I have to juice vegetables. I have to eat healthy. I have to do cardio because if I don't, I'm going to run into skin problems and eventually skin cancer and it'll fucking kill me because that's that's one of my weaknesses is my skin. I mean, you can tell I got fucking lots of freckles and I've had skin cancer in the past and it's just always came as a result of not taking care of my body, not eating right, not detoxing properly. And if I'm women that I date, it's like they have to already be taking care of themselves. They have to already be in these things because when you're in a long-term relationship and you're together for many years, and like if you're a very healthy person and you date a woman who's not healthy, maybe she's got great genes and she's in great shape just because she's naturally that way and she doesn't work out. Over time, you're gonna and you're both gonna kind of gravitate towards that mean, whereas. If you're both taking care of your body and you're both working out and you're already doing this before you met, when you feel lazy or she feels lazy, you're going to be able to push each other and drag each other to the gym versus somebody that you're just constantly having to push. In other words, you're trying to make her into what you want as opposed to just being patient and taking your time. I like to... Me personally, I, I tend to identify with turtles. Matter of fact, I had turtles growing up. I had a little turtle pond out back, and turtles move really slow. And if you've ever studied like the Galapagos turtles, I mean, those things live to be over 150 years old. And those things, 
you know, 120, 130 years old, they're still having little baby turtles. And yet here as human beings, we're dropping dead in, the, in our 50s and 60s. And that just shouldn't be happening because most people are basically eating and drinking themselves into an early grave. And so you got to have people in your life, especially your friends, especially your intimate relationships who share the same kinds of goals, share the same kinds of values. If you're very responsible with money and you do well financially and you date women that can't pay their bills and they don't make very much money and they're not really driven their career or they're not really a high achiever, even though they might be really attractive and fun, over time, if you're a high achiever and you're dating a mediocre woman, it's going to fucking grate on your nerves after a while. You're going to get irritated with the fact that she's constantly talking about what she's going to do but yet never gets around to doing it. And I know it's tough when you're single and you want to meet somebody and you meet somebody that's a lot like what you want and you're tired of being single and you're ready to have a relationship, but you talk yourself into, ah, this is kind of, this will work. Yeah, well, she just worked out a little bit more. She ate a little better. Maybe if I could help her get a better job or maybe I could loan her money so she can buy herself a new car and, it's just not a good situation. You want somebody that is an equal, that at least can pay their bills, can at least fucking take care of themselves and loves themselves enough to take care of their body. Because if they don't take care of their body, if they neglect their body and that's just not a priority to them, eventually they're going to neglect you. That's just that's the way it is. If they don't care enough about themselves, they certainly aren't going to give a shit when you're not taking care of yourself. And then that's just not... A healthy situation long term so with that said i got a quote that i wrote and then we're going to go through her email and so i'm doing something a little different i'm using my teleprompter today so i've got all my so i'm gonna be looking at the screen the whole time while i'm talking and being able to read my quote because people you know somebody's gonna sit there and go did he memorize all that shit i was like no i'm actually looking at my teleprompter so just bear with me a second to kind of see how this goes because it's the first time I've, I've actually done a video newsletter using my teleprompter because usually I only use this when I'm doing ads or something I have to read a, a script on. So with that said, the quote says, good people, good friends, and good lovers are hard to come by in a world full of mediocre people who are obsessed with instant gratification and living lives that are less than they are capable of living. Exceptional people who are being all that they can be tend to repulse, frustrate, and irritate average and mediocre people. Water seeks its own level. Like attracts like. People who like the same things tend to like each other. Lots of people talk about what they are going to do, but few actually have the courage, heart, and determination to see their plans and promises through to fruition. When someone or something feels right internally, we should trust that inner voice and intuition to see where it leads. Conversely, when someone or something feels off, we should become skeptical and proceed with caution. Rejection should not be taken personally. That's another, another thing. It's like you can't take rejection personally because if you've got your shit together and you're balling out in your life and you meet a chick that's not and she feels intimidated oftentimes she'll reject you not because of anything you did or because you're a bad person or she's not attracted to you she's just intimidated and she knows eventually that once you find out what she's really like their life's a fucking mess 
or her career's a mess or her business is a mess or her body's a mess or whatever it happens to be that you're not going to stick around. And so to save herself the pain, she's going to kick you to the curb. So rejection should not be taken personally. It should simply be a sign of incompatibility. Only a select few are meant to be in your life, be your friend, lover, client, or teammate. Choose wisely as poor choices lead to pain and setbacks. So with that said, let's go through her email. She says, hey coach, I love your work and I've been a fan for several years now and I've read your first book at least 10 times. That'd be How to Be a 3% Man for those of you listening on audiobook because it gives me so much insight about life in general. It's like, you know, my book is not just about pickup skills, dating skills, and relationship skills, even though there's a lot of talk about that. Really, the book is about being a man, reaching your full potential as a man, doing things that are masculine, taking care of your own life first. Because it's like when you get to a place where you're happy, you love yourself, you love your life, you feel good, when you feel content with your life, when your bills are paid and you're saving money and things are going well and you look good and you feel good, you feel happy. You radiate that. You smile. You're more inclined to talk to and chat up people around you versus if things aren't going too well. As men in general, we tend to withdraw into ourselves and we tend to be all in our minds and then when we're going through life, we're not very friendly, we're not smiling a lot, we're not making eye contact as much with other people. It's we're putting out the vibe like, leave me the fuck alone. I don't want to talk to you. I have a lot of shit going on right now. But whereas where things are going really great and you feel really good about yourself, you're going to smile. You're going to give off that warm vibe. You're going to make eye contact with other people and crack a joke and engage total strangers in conversation like it's not a big deal because you just like to be outgoing. That's why I place such a big emphasis on taking care of yourself. It's like one of my favorite Jim Rohn quotes. What he says is, I'll take care of me for you and you take care of you for me because it really starts with you. When you get yourself to a place, it doesn't it's not you have to have all your goals accomplished, but you got to feel like you're on the path. You're making progress. You can see slowly, incrementally, life is starting to get a little better than the than it was the day before. In other words, you can kind of see light at the end of the tunnel. You can see that as long as you stay in the path and you keep taking care of those little things day in and day out, eventually you're going to get to where you want to be. And that's going to give you hope. Because let's face it, all you got to do is walk outside your door and look at most people, look at their bodies, look at their faces, look at their body language, and they're fucking defeated. They've given up and life is really just about trying to get through the work week, earn some money, get their kids raised so they can go off to college. And then it's like they got one foot in the grave. It's like all their dreams, it's like the average person, most of them, their dreams die in their mid to late 20s, early 30s. And then it just becomes about getting through the work week. And that's fucking, to me personally, that's sad. That's why I love what I do. I love sharing the things I've learned because my whole life I've been able to achieve the things I wanted to, whether it was a personal goal or a professional goal. And I want other people to have that experience. That's why I give all this stuff away for free. It's why I let people read my books for free. It's why I do all these videos and 
I have the Instagram account where we post all, you know, I spend thousands of dollars every month just buying images for our Instagram account because they're great quotes. They're the things that make you think and help you get through the day or if you're having a tough day, you see something that's inspiring, whether it's some a quote that I wrote or somebody else. It's like, I really enjoy those things. It's like I get constant emails from people telling me how much my work has changed their life. And that's what keeps me going. That's why I continue to do this because it gives me a lot of validation. And it's like when, you know, in anything in life you've been through, it's like your wounds become your strength. It's like when you've gone through something in life that was really hard and really difficult and you've overcome it, now you know how to do it. You can relate to other people that are going through what you want once we're going through in your life. And you know where all the landmines are. You know where all the obstacles are. You know where the pitfalls are. And you can point those out so they don't have to suffer and go and experience the same kinds of failures that you did, hopefully, as long as they're willing to listen to you. So back to her email. She says, if you respond to this email on your channel, I'd like to say from a woman's perspective to anyone listening, don't be stupid. Learn from Corey. I've got a hell of a badass example for you from my own personal life. My boyfriend could have written either of your books, Total Legit Alpha Male, and the effects that he's had on me is so much fun. I'm a 35-year-old woman, professional and strong in my field. I'm really good looking and in great shape. I have some cool interests and hobbies. I'm happy being me. I laugh a lot. I'm respectful when communicating. That's a fucking big one. How many people do you know in your life that can communicate in a calm manner without getting angry, without fucking flying off the handle? Not a lot. I mean, what do you see on TV and movies all the time? People yelling and getting all emotional and being upset with each other. It's like you see that a lot in real life. That's why, just remember, drama-free zone. No drama allowed. And by the way, people are always like, Corey, what's in that cup? It's water. It's like alkaline water. If you can see it with all these fucking spilling up my computer here. But there's a little bit of alkaline water in there. That's typically what I drink. I drink water and I drink green juice or I drink tea. So basically the fluids that I have most of the time. So this is interesting. Look, look what she says next. She says, I'm respectful when communicating and I had great examples of men in my life while I was growing up. That's the important thing. Because a woman like this, that's how she learns to trust men. She has good men in her life. Good, strong, masculine men. So she can recognize and learn which guys are the good guys and which are the guys to avoid. And women that don't have this in their lives, they don't learn it. They learn it the hard way. And so they tend, you know, remember, we all make our decisions based on our emotions and we use logic and reason to justify our decisions. So a woman that doesn't have those good men like the emailer had, they're going to get burned. And then anybody would get cynical if they don't know what to look for and they keep getting burned by men pretty much all men because I know what to look for anybody would start to be cynical and think well well all guys are like this obviously it's not true but if you don't know what to look for it's like you're totally flying blind 
She's also, I was married in my early 20s to a really awesome guy who unfortunately died very young, but he reinforced for me what my father, uncles, and brothers did. So she had brothers, so I'm sure her brothers teased the fucking shit out of her. And that's probably one of the reasons why she didn't take herself too seriously. And she jokes around because she knew her brothers cared about her, even though they probably fucked with her and teased her mercilessly. Women that didn't have that, they're typically when you make fun of them and you mess with them, they're going to get butt hurt and they're going to get upset about it. And they're going to have a shit fucking attitude. And you know, I had a girlfriend once that was like that. She didn't have any brothers. She had a, actually had, she had an older brother and she had a horrible relationship with them. And plus her father had died when she was really young. And I'm always joking around. I'm always teasing. I'm always messing with people. My friends are like that. We're, we're fucking jokesters. My family, we can be harsh sometimes. But it's like I would tease her about things and she would just get butthurt and really upset about it and take it fucking personally because she took herself way too fucking seriously. But, you know, it was a painful lesson dating somebody like that because it's like just me being me rubs her the fucking wrong way. And you want somebody that ain't going to take that shit personally. And women that grow up, especially if they got older brothers, I found in my experience, women I've dated, and I've seen it thousands and thousands of times over the years in my clients, it's like these are the easiest women to get along with. You want easygoing, easy to get along with. Good fucking attitude. If you break her balls, guess what? She's going to come right back and break your fucking balls as well. And you can have a lot of fun with women like that. So she says, but he reinforced for me what my father, uncles, and brothers did, what it's like to be treated well by a good man. She knew what to look for. She knows the pattern. She recognizes the pattern. And despite that, despite her good upbringing, she still reads a book like mine because obviously she's a high achiever and she wants to get better. And the reality is if you're watching this video, you're one of the top 3% of people in the world anyways because most people won't even waste their time. And it's like any of you have been following me for any length of time, you're like, hey, you should read this book by Corey Wayne. How many times have you seen friends of yours? You try to, you see him making the same fucking mistakes that you used to make and you try to give him the book and they're like, I don't have time for that. Ah, fuck that BS. I don't want to listen to that. I don't believe that stuff. And that they keep fucking up. And they won't change their lives. It's unfortunate. That's the way most people are. She says, regarding my current experience, life is fun for me, independent of anyone else. But oh my God, the addition my man is in my world is glacial. That's a pretty good statement. The addition my man is in my world is glacial. Hands down, he is as equally kind and mature as other examples of good men in my life, but by far he is much stronger and more of a challenge than I've seen anywhere. So this guy doesn't take shit from anybody, but he's charming and he's funny and he's playful and he doesn't take shit personally. So listen to what she says about how they met. She says, first of all, we met randomly in the waiting room of a car repair shop and he started talking to me just like a normal person. Nothing creepy, simply light and interesting conversation and he made me laugh. That's the thing. It's not about going out to pick up women, going to the bars or the nightclubs or wherever. Even though those things are fun, I did a lot of that when I was younger. But just this guy's living his life. He had to get his car fixed and you just never know. You might meet somebody in the elevator in your building. 
You might go to a birthday parties for friends of yours or having a birthday party for their kids and you get invited and there's a hot single friend of theirs there. You just, you never know. Or maybe you meet somebody at work or a party or a Christmas party or you're at the beach with friends or you're at dinner with a friend or lunch with friends and a couple cute girls sit down next to you and a conversation just naturally starts happening just because you're a friendly outgoing person who's happy and loves your life just like she said she's a very happy woman already and this guy is a great compliment to her life and vice versa she's a great compliment to his so she says nothing creepy simply light and interesting conversation he made me laugh i want to point out that he did not hit on me which i hate it's that bribing for sex stuff you discuss he socially engaged with me like any other pleasant interaction in the world, the same way he makes conversation with strangers he encounters when we're out. Just regular conversation, talking about the weather, their clothes that they're wearing, what they do for a living, what they do for fun, talking about the food if you're in a restaurant, if you're at a party, talking about mutual friends or each other's kids or whatever it happens to be. It's just natural conversation it's not about being a you don't have to be a fucking stand-up comedian you don't have to be a fucking entertainer or have the most interesting stories it's just making small talk in other words if you're used to talking to beautiful women if you're used to talking to other people that are way more successful than you are and you just treat them like a normal human being people are really going to appreciate that because talking to you feels like just talking to any other stranger or any other person, a friend or somebody that you maybe already kind of know or have a relationship with. It's like meeting a woman is not an event in your life. It's just, it's like farting or burping or eating a good meal or, or taking a nap. It's just, it's part of life. It's, you don't get too excited and you're not too indifferent to it either. She says, I wasn't some hot chick anomaly anomaly to him, which made him easy for me to talk to. In other words, just another pretty girl. This is the kind of thing that happened. I've said this many times in videos over the years. This is the kind of thing that happens to you all the time when you meet a really hot girl. It's not a big deal because there's lots of hot women out there that are totally fucked up and are an absolute train wreck to, to date. So you should be a little cautious. Just because she's pretty doesn't mean she's going to make a good girlfriend or a good wife or somebody to date. She said he made it easy to talk to. Like I said, I'm attractive and then 97% are usually retarded about it and emotionally inept and ineffective in relationships. He didn't hesitate when I was about to leave. So in other words, he was direct. He was decisive. He got right to the point. He was sizing her up just like she was sizing him up. And then by the time he got ready to leave, he's like, he knew enough that he's like, she seems like a cool girl. I'm going to get her number. I'm going to ask her out. So, because I talk about this in the book, you can get a number, you can make a date in the spot. And so what did this guy do? He asked me out to dinner and got my number after about 15 minutes of chatting. Wasn't a big deal. She felt comfortable with him and safe and vice versa so he made a date on the spot in other words again it's if you're making a plans with your friend or somebody that you care about to get together it's it's not a big deal
This is the kind of thing that happens all the time. She said the next day he texted and asked what days I was free and I gave him a couple of options. He picked one, he picked the place, and he picked the time. So he invited her to do something fun. In other words, he was direct, he was decisive, he got right to the point, he made the date. She said our schedules didn't jive well that week, so we only had time for a quick dinner, but we had a great date and he invited me to have dinner at his house the following week. She says it was awesome. So it kind of sounds like he made a second date on the first date. And again, what's in my book is meant to be a guide. It's not fucking etched in stone. But the idea is you want to follow it as a guy, a general guideline. So this guy had his shit together. He was getting off the right vibe. He liked her. She liked him. They were both available. He made a date. She says it was awesome. He has a really nice place, has a great job, and is educated. And he has a strong common sense and humor. He takes care of his health and is in great shape. He cooked, we drank, we laughed, and talked for hours. And then he rocked me in bed. So they hooked up on their second date. Remember, as I say in the book, most women are going to sleep with a guy by second or third date. Up to this point, everything just seems really easy, really natural, no stress. Again, it's the kind of thing, there's chemistry. And it's like I talk about, I think it was Adam Kroll, I mentioned this in my book, it's when a woman likes you, the door's open and all you have to do is walk through the door. And that's what's happening here. And you're seeing it from a woman's perspective of how she opened the door and he simply walked through. And he didn't do anything to cause her to slam the door in his face. She said, we saw each other for a few more weeks. And to me, everything seemed to be going great. Listen to this. Before he halted our progression, something that has never happened to me. So this woman's 35 years old and she's used to getting what she's want. She's an alpha and first time in her life, a guy started pushing her away. Interesting. She says, I was stunned and really sad because I was so into him. And now listen to what happens next. He communicated to me that he wasn't sure we shared a few important values. Remember, I say this all the time. You got to have the same goals. got to have the same fucking values. And so this guy is seeing some behavior that he doesn't like and he's starting to think, I don't think our values match up. But everything else is great, but the values aren't there. So let me see if I can communicate with her some things that I want to change. And a good woman who is worth it will take the feedback and say, you know what? You're fucking right. I shouldn't be treating you that way. And they'll take corrective action. A woman who's difficult, who's toxic, doesn't have a good relationship with men in general or dad is going to get pissed off, is going to get butt hurt because you roughed up her ego and just ghost you or disappear at this point. And either way, this, this guy's setting his boundary. She says, I was stunned and really sad because I was so into him. He communicated to me that he wasn't sure we shared a few important values because some of the ways I was behaving came off pretty inconsistent. So remember, if you're a high achiever, you're direct, decisive, you get to the point, you make plans with your friends, you know they're going to be there and they know you're going to be there. And high achievers don't like, I think Nick, Nick Saban said this, 
Mediocre people don't like high achievers and high achievers don't like mediocre people. So high achievers expect respect and they give respect and they don't tolerate disrespect. And so she was disrespecting him and he wasn't going to have any of it. So listen to what she says. She says, he communicated to me that he wasn't sure that we shared a few important values because of some of the ways I was behaving came off pretty consistent. And so she names them. She says, not communicating clearly, switching things up inconsiderably, etc. And so in other words, she's changing plans at the last minute, starting to jerk them around a little bit. Because again, an alpha female is used to always getting her way and she's just naturally domineering. She's used to it. And most guys will just go along with it and be compliant. But this guy, he's also an alpha. So he's figuring at first, ah, maybe she's having a bad day. Maybe she was busy, whatever it happens to be. So he checks her and let's see what happens next. So in being totally transparent about it, I can say that he was right. I was flaking out, not consciously, but testing maybe. Women can't help it. If, you know, if, you're, if she's used to getting her way and rolling right over people, most people probably, including her girlfriends, never spoke up to her when she behaved this way. And probably most of the guys she's dated, same thing. She just rolled right over them and eventually she got tired because they were too weak, too compliant, didn't feel there was chemistry and she ditched them. So, I mean, we, everybody has a bad day. People get busy. Sometimes you can't get back to somebody right away. Sometimes, you know, maybe you meet somebody and you want to take a few days to think about it after a first date to see if, do I really want to see this person again? Maybe you need a week to think about it. If you get back in touch with a person after a week or two weeks and they're upset that you hadn't gotten in touch with them and, and they're mad at you or they ignore you or they give you a hard time when you reach out, it's you want something it's easy to get along with. She says, I wasn't seeing anyone else and I was 100% interested in pursuing him, but I being independent for a long time and having a lot of things in my life to fill my time, I can unintentionally be inconsiderate if I'm not paying attention. And I, like I said, I would argue that it's probably because most people don't call you out on it. And so they let you slide and they put up with your, they tolerate your being disrespectful. And this guy was just, he didn't like it. She says, he's not the first person to bring it to my attention. So she knows that she's this way. He wasn't a dick. And this is really important. He wasn't a dick about expressing it. And he was completely kind, but completely firm that he wasn't about to be having my inconsideration. Now listen to what she says next. He checked me kindly and ruthlessly. So he's brutally honest with her, but not being a dick about it. And I couldn't be involved with him unless I altered the issue. In other words, changing plans at the last minute, trying to jerk him around. It's like, he's like, that doesn't work. We make plans. I expect you to be there. And, you know, I've talked about this in many, many videos as, as well. If you're going to date beautiful, attractive high-achieving alpha females that are used to getting what they want, this is going to happen at some point. Some point, it's like it starts out with one or two little signs of disrespect, and you're like, ah, let it slide. It's not beautiful because everything else is great. 
But when it keeps happening and it starts to happen more and more and you don't check them on it, you're inviting more of that. Remember, whatever you tolerate, you invite more of into your life. He checked me kindly and ruthlessly and I couldn't be involved with him unless I altered the issue. First time in my life, a man has rendered me on the chase for him where I knew that he'd walk no matter how much he liked me. That's important. I talk about in the book. Women have to know that if they push you too far, you're going to fucking walk and never look back. Doesn't mean you're a dick about it. It's just in a respectful but brutally honest way. You're like, that just doesn't work for me. I really like you and I enjoy hanging out. But changing plants last minute, jerk me around two hours before we're supposed to get together, telling me you can't make it. Or, and then you give me some kind of BS. It's like I wouldn't do that to you. If I knew I wasn't going to be able to make it, I would change plans a day ahead of time or at least early in the morning. I wouldn't wait till the last minute. You know, it's like I had, you know, one of my aunts who's very close to me and we were supposed to get together for lunch last week. And like literally I'm like rushing to get ready in the morning because I was already behind. I was up late the night before, like till three in the morning working. And so I set my alarm and I was tired as fuck. I got up and literally about 35, 40 minutes before they were supposed to be be at my place, she's like, oh, we're not going to make it. We're both sick. And I was I was like, that's, I love you, but that's kind of rude. You know, I would never call you 30 minutes. I was like, I've been running around like a maniac trying to get caught up this morning so I could be on time for you guys. And you knew last night you weren't even going to call. And she apologized to me. And it's like, I love her dearly. And it's like, we have a respectful relationship where you can communicate that. And she said, you know what? You're right. That was really rude. And she apologized for it. And that's all it takes. She says, I needed to be better on point to keep him. This is consistently how he handles me when I'm not aware if I'm affecting him negatively. Always respectful, but never self-disrespecting. In other words, you fucking bitch. Are you kidding me? It's 30 fucking goddamn minutes and now you're telling me you can't make it? You're sick. I was like, I would never talk to my aunt like that. But you know, the point being is I was I was letting her know. I was like, that's kind of rude. And I was like, because I would have much rather known the night before. I would have made other plans. I would have fucking slept in and it would have been great. And on top of that, I'm fucking buck naked in the bathroom. My aunt tends to just fucking FaceTime me. I was like, I'm obviously not going to answer my aunt while I'm fucking buck naked. And he doesn't turn into a defensive dumbass if I have things to bring up. So in other words, he'll also, he, you know, it's like Jocko Willink says, who I fucking, I think Jocko is just awesome. He says, be humble or you will be humbled. In other words, good men recognize that we all have flaws and maybe we're fucking up from time to time. And so you have to be humble enough to say, you know what, maybe this person has something to share with me. Maybe I was being a little bit of an asshole. Maybe I was being inconsiderate and I need to do something different. So in other words, she's bringing things up and he, he listens. So she says, me staying at his place every night took about eight weeks and becoming exclusive took about 10. Now listen to this. Only because he's the one who slowed that down for his own highest good. Remember, Usually about week seven, if you follow what's in my book, that's when a woman's going to be at her heels in love with you and want to be exclusive. This case took 10 weeks. And it was only because, just like she says, he backed up because he didn't like how she was treating him. She says, I would have jumped on that sooner. And I think about him all the time. 
I want sex with them constantly because I have emails, guys like my girlfriend, my wife, this girl I've been seeing doesn't want to have sex that much. It's like when you're acting like a fucking man and you got your shit together and your woman respects you, she's going to be wanting sex more than you do. That's typically what happens. That's been my personal experiences. Women I've been with typically want sex more than I do. And that's because I got my shit together. And if you have your shit together, you can experience the same thing. You won't ever have to worry about not getting any pussy. As a matter of fact, you're going to have more pussy than you really want. And you're gonna, sometimes you're going to be having sex because you want to satisfy her because she wants to be satisfied. I think about him all the time. I want sex with him constantly and he's got me on my toes daily now. To my knowledge, he isn't familiar with you, but I should ask him. I do know that he tolerated some bullshit from women in his 20s, but this man at 40 has it down to a science. I just wanted to share as a testimony to your 3% man work. Again, anyone listening, be willing to absorb Corey's information. Read the material over and over until you go to your grave because women out here are starving for men who aren't pussies. And because I'm sure it sucks to be a pussy like so many guys are. Well, wasn't that a great fucking email? So with that said, obviously, like I talked about before, how to be a 3% man, you can get on my website, understandingrelationships.com. All you got to do is subscribe to the email newsletter and obviously my second book, Mastering Yourself, which is a book exclusively about self-reliance. And one thing I will say about my second book, and you can see it from the, rev the reviews, what I see a lot of, you know, my Anna, I just had uh, lunch with yesterday, as a matter of fact, and she's got some friends there that are pretty liberal and they loved about two thirds of the book. But the last third, because I talk about gun rights and self-reliance and the constitution, it tends to rub people on the left the wrong way a little bit but at the end of the day self-reliance is all about personal liberty personal freedom personal responsibility and ain't nothing to be about victimhood because what i've learned in my life and what's always worked the best and anybody it's a really high achieving person will tell you the same fucking things is that you gotta take Again, as Jocko Willink would said, extreme ownership of your life. In other words, everything in your life that's not the way you want it to be, anything that's fucked up or it's not off the snuff, it's your fault. You have to take personal ownership for your life because as soon as you look to other people or the government or your parents or your history or whatever happens to be and say it's not my fucking fault that's you're it's basically you saying that's it i can't do anything about it it's somebody else's fault nobody's coming to fucking save you you have to save yourself you must participate in your own rescue and if you've got a challenge in your personal life or your professional life and you'd like and you just kind of hit a roadblock or you just want me to kind of analyze the situation you're in to make sure you're doing everything right i do one-on-one -on -one skype and phone coaching sessions with people i do strictly audio only because i do a lot of overseas stuff and i don't do video coaching it's all strictly audio just so i can actually hear what you're saying go to my website click the products tab again that's understandingrelationships.com that's relationships with an s 
Just click the products tab at the top of your screen and book a coaching option with yours truly. Usually it takes one to two weeks to fit you into my schedule. I see sometimes people, you know, even though it says right on my website, one I'm usually booked one to two weeks out. If you're expecting to talk to me in 24 hours or 48 hours, that's just that's not going to happen. I'm always sold out at least a week ahead of time. But you can do one-on-one coaching sessions. Also, if you like these mugs, you can get them from Teespring. That's T-E-E-S-P-R-I-N-G. And or you can go, the easiest way to find like my store on Teespring is just go to Google and type in Teespring, T-E-E-S-P-R-I-N-G.com, Coach Corey Wayne, and it'll pull up the store. And that's got all my T-shirts and the hat, which I think I've shown you guys this before. There's my, my baseball cap, which I really fucking like. So it's got the logo on it, got the mugs. Appreciate your support. And until then, until next time, I will talk to you soon. <laughs>